I'm glad you took a turn for the negative because you were starting to be too positive there for a little bit. (laughs) You're listening to Honest Combos with Karen and Marsha, a podcast about the lifelong journey to become your best self, live your best life and do your best work. We discuss going from a limited mindset to a growth mindset, self-love, confidence, happiness, goal smashing, and much more. And now, and now on, on to, to the episode. Okay, it's our first episode back. Thank you for joining us. We are going to be discussing the first six months of this year. Are you buckled up? <laughs> I don't know. It it has definitely been a year like we've never seen before, right? A lot of people say like, oh, well, 2020 was supposed to be all that. It was supposed to be like, you know, the year of clear vision. And we were supposed to be able to do so much on our goals and da, da, da. If you think about it, 2020 has been the year of clear vision so far. There has been so much that we have seen that it really revealed a lot to me about society, the world, how we deal with things, how, you know, we, and and our whole life had to change overnight, literally overnight. My kids went to school Monday, they went to school Tuesday, I think, was it Wednesday that I pulled them out of school when all of this first started with the pandemic in March? And I was like, I feel like I'm a crazy lady because I'm like, no, you're not going to school. (laughs) Like, I I don't know what's happening, but this is weird. This is different. Like, you're not going to school. And I felt like I was being so extreme. And then Thursday, the next day, school was canceled. And I'm like, well, I guess I was not extreme. It's been very strange. I, I just don't, I've never, I never would have imagined what we've been going through with the pandemic. And just as a a people, as humans, right? Because this is also the first and only time that I pray we all see in our lifetime where the entire world has been going through the same exact thing at the same time. That's never happened before. To say that it has been um, a weird, (laughs) interesting, unsure, I mean, the just the feelings of loneliness, isolation, a little bit of depression. We're going to be honest here. This is honest combos. I mean, there's days that I was just like, okay, this is it. Like zombie apocalypse time, right? Like (laughs) it's over. (laughs) It's been very strange for the first half of this year. I'm glad you took a turn for the negative because you were starting to be too positive there for a little (laughs) bit about how, how it's been bringing so much clarity. But that's the thing is that clarity, while it is a positive thing, it's also we've been, we've become clear on so much pain and sorrow and atrocities. It's really difficult. The world had to get quiet, especially America, like America had to unplug and then realize yeah, we were able to physically hide under the covers for a little bit. But when you have that solitude and that silence and you literally have to face the things that are in front of you, it's it's taxing, but it is. It's like a phoenix rising. You know, you can either let it completely overwhelm you and and basically like shake you to your core. Well, I think everybody was sh- was shaken to the core. But pain has a purpose. That's, that's, a, that's a thing that keeps looping over and over in my head is that our pain has a purpose. And if you are willing to go through it and to actually sit with it, not sit in it, but <laughs> <laughs> sit with it and witness it 
then you can really make some big transformations and you can have those conversations and, you know, know that it's not going to break you. And then you feel stronger. And this is when change happens. The curtain has been lifted and people are like, oh my God, like they're starting to see what matters. You know, family matters. Our health matters. How many times have you heard men will sell their health for money, but then when they have the money, they try to buy back their health? There's some very, very good quote, <laughs> but you get you get what I'm saying, right? Like it's, yeah. oh, everybody's realizing like we need to take care of our health or we could die or we could, right. <laughs> you know, or we could pass it on to other people that it's a freaking virus and it's scary as shit. And I want to edit yeah. that. I don't know how to now. <laughs> this season, I know how to edit out the words. <laughs> but no, I love what you said there because I think that was the first realization that the pandemic brought to us was not just that immediate care for yourself and your own family, right? When you have kids or for me, I have a multi-generational household. And so immediately I'm like, oh my goodness, from my grandfather, my mom and my aunt who are in the 65 plus elderly high risk category down to my four-year-old grandson who was still going to daycare. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to bring back cooties. And so like there was that immediate care of my own family. But then we, as a society, as a people, as humans around the whole world, we had to start caring about not just our own family, but then the larger community and other people. And like, well, I don't want to be the one that spreads it to someone else. And I don't want to be the one that brings it back to my own house. I don't want to be the, I don't want anyone to get sick because of me. So what do I need to do to slow the spread, stop the spread, prevent the spread, whatever. It really made us think about other people in a way that I don't know that we really do on a day-to-day basis. I don't think anyone was thinking about the world and other humans as much as we have in the first part of this year. I love your optimism, Karen. And I hate being like such a skeptic, (laughs) but like (laughs) I see so many people that aren't giving regard to other people and it breaks my freaking heart because like I have to go do stuff in the town of Occoquan for her hideaways. And I just see people, you know, like in each other's faces and like, I just, I feel like super exposed and sensitive to it because of my youngest asthma. And while there are people, I do think the majority of people are concerned about the well-being of other people. There's others that are just protesting on the capitals and saying like, we want our haircuts and that kind of thing. And it's just like, good God, you know, like this isn't about you. I feel like it's, it's a complete lack of their ability to sit with it sit with the pain they're like mm-hmm. no we need to get back to normal because i sat by myself i was locked in my house and i didn't like what i saw so i need to get out of here and i need to go find yeah. distractions and oh you know you can't have a perfect world but i feel like it has made for the people who were kind of maybe like teetering on the edge could i be a really upstanding citizen and good human i think that this has definitely helped them to get to that level and then the scumbags like it just it's it's kind of like it's outed them like you're seeing them you're seeing them all over media but that is the clarity that you talked about is it you're getting that clear vision on the potential that humanity has because you do have those people who who get that we are a human race and then you have the clarity on the people where it's just like wow 
Like there's no hiding. There's no hiding the fact that we still have a bunch of bigots, a bunch of misogynists. We have a bunch of just gross people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, they are gross people. (laughs) So, and that is, I mean, that's the other part, right? That I really don't think would be happening right now is with like the protests over the systemic racism and injustice and, and everything. And it, if the world had not been still like it has been, I, I know that because we've had this going, this is not new. Right. And, and I know that for people who don't experience it every day or deal with it all the time, it might seem new because it's not a part of their world. But for those of us who experienced it or were aware of it already, we're like, okay, thanks for joining the party. Like we already been here, you know, (laughs) you showed up real late, you know. We've been waiting. The ice will melted, but exactly here now. (laughs) (laughs) It was the perfect storm with the pandemic hitting and then all of the eyes being open to what work this country needs to do to get right. And I don't know that we'll even see that happen in our lifetime. I have hope, but I mean, it's been 400 years to get us to this point. So I'm not sure how long, you know, it's going to take to fix it, but I feel like hopefully we're at least getting the awareness part. Cause if you're not aware and conscious, you can't work, you can't fix it. So right. if we can at least get that awareness and conscious part to spread to everyone, <laughs> of course, like you said, though, there's always going to be the gross people. I don't think we'll we'll ever actually get rid of them, unfortunately. <laughs> like yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things too, though, is that like the grossest of the gross. You know, you can't have good without bad, and right. it actually makes you appreciate the good people more because there is that just polar opposite there. It's a good comparison. Like you can see more beauty if you can also see the horror. So not horror, but horror. (laughs) (laughs) Screwed that together. It is just one of those things. It's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. But I think, Mm -hmm. and and it's not, I don't think anybody intentionally is blind to certain things. And you said that it's been 400 years to get to this point. But I do, I really, really do believe in the current generation and the millennials. You know, I know we give them a hard time, but like they they actually feel. They're intuitive. They're more in touch with, I think they are more in touch with humanity, you know, because like with segregation and everything, that was like our parents and grandparents, you know, and then like slaves were a couple before that and, or maybe even one before that, I don't know, depending on the age or whatever. But I, I do think that there's change, but I think it, it is, it's going to be people having those difficult conversations and I'm doing it and it's exhausting because I'm just like, I just want to grab people and I'm like, I know you're a good person. I, you know, I know (laughs) you it's like, how can you not get this? Like, how can you not grasp that this has been happening and that it is systemic? And I feel like people are like, well, you know, well, I'm not racist. And it's like, you're missing the point here. There's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, I love that you're not racist. So if you could jump on the bandwagon and and help out people who are racist and maybe, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, in the, like when everything started happening, I am absolutely not a racial injustice teacher or, you know, there are a lot of great black people and other people of color who do that kind of work and who have resources, books, courses, all sorts of stuff to educate people on that. 
But I found myself even trying to help people understand that it's not about you being racist. You have to be anti-racist, actively anti-racist. And then what does that mean? And how does that look? And giving resources, because that's the part. And I know it's the defensiveness because nobody wants to be called a racist. I get checked by my kids all the time. And like you said, with Gen Z, you know, Madison, who is 17, I'm always forgetting that for some reason. I still want to make her 16. I think it's because I don't want to accept that she'll be 18 in a few months. <laughs> but um, so she's 17 and, you know, she spends all her time on TikTok. That's their thing. And so then she's super woke, right? That generation is like, they interact, like you said, I feel like they really are in touch with other humans. They really interact with all sorts of people on these apps. And so like Mikey, the four-year-old grandson, he came back from his mom's house with nail polish on his toes. And I was like, um, what is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, we, we don't do toe polish for the boys. You know, we don't, we don't do the toe polish for the boys. And so Maddie's like, mom, that's, you know, you're being real, like you're on the line. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't do toe polish on the boys. Like, I, I'm just not down with that. And she's like, why does it matter? He's a kid. He's having fun. Why? Uh, it doesn't have to be a boy thing and a girl thing. And, you know, and so, like, I'm getting checked by the by her. And I'm like, okay. So then I have to sit with that. Like, why, why do I care if he has toe polish? Right. Where does that come from? What does that bring up for me? What does that make me think? It's like those kind of, that's the part that I feel like people are in now. Is like the questioning and the self-examining, like where are those beliefs, those thoughts, those things that I think, and when I'm trying to push it, especially when you're trying to push it on other people, or you know, you're making judgments about other people based on these things, like you have to examine, like where does that come from? Why do you think that? Why does it matter? What, you know, how does this make you behave towards other people? So it, it's like that whole questioning stage is, it's, it's not easy to do that. <laughs> So I know that it's causing a lot of heartache for people because they're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And now I have to, you know, kind of examine my entire belief system and all of my actions and that and the things that I maybe see and don't say anything about that I know are not right. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's not easy work. It's not. It's not at all. I love that we have the intimacy in our relationship where like you were providing Kim and I with we've been buddies since 2013. And like, we've talked, I feel like we've had casual conversation about race, because like, we both are on the same page about it. But like, we haven't had like the heartbreaking conversations, just from what I've seen from being living in Sumter, South Carolina, like a pretty segregated area. I intentionally built my life in the DC area with having a diverse group of friends, you know, and like, mm -hmm. before it didn't feel like I was able to say that because it's like, you know, oh, you're going out and picking friends based on the race. And it's like, no, like, but it, it's just, I find it very comforting to know that people can actually talk about it now, because then it's like, you're going to be able to make mistakes and put your foot in your mouth or whatever. But if you are truly are a person who's trying to wake up or become more educated, then the more times you put your foot in the mouth, the more you're going to actually learn, you know, because you do learn through that pain. And, and I just, I know, you know, Kim and I are very appreciative for you, for you to help us out and point us in the right direction. Cause it, 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 
It was very difficult in the beginning, like when this all started to happen, because people were saying, it's not black people's responsibility to educate you. And it's, and I get it because it was, you're, you're feeling so exposed and you're like, and it's gotta be so heartbreaking for other people to be waking up to it. And you're like, you really have no idea. Like you're like, you know, it is, it's like that welcome to the party type thing. Like we've been doing this for a while. Like, you know, you, you know, I get it. Cause it is a very, it's, it was, it, it for me like that was like the beginning of the pandemic where there was so much stress and cortisol going through my body that like I was having like like a a good day and then a bad day and I can't imagine being a black person or a person of color and that's like your entire life you know but but I'm not saying like it's it's been exasperated obviously just like the pandemic was exasperated everything for everyone else but it's like it's just so wild how it happened. And I think like you said, like the reason that it's getting the attention that it is, is because the world's been quiet from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I am very hopeful for the future because I believe that this is the mother's fight. I believe that women are, yeah, they're going to be teaching their kids, they're learning, they're having conversations with their husbands who may be white men who really mm-hmm. just don't understand it, that they're just like, what have you heard of the EEO office? Okay. <laughs> oh, like yeah. yeah. Extra points on your application if you're black. Okay, let's bring it back a notch. You yeah. know, it's like let's go way back to yeah. So, it, but it's hard. It's so hard to teach something that you don't know. But you yeah. know, like you said like I'll just keep talking until like something seems coherent. And then I'm going to go with that, you know, and like, hopefully just keep having the conversations and. Yeah. And that's what I think one of the um, things that I shared in a couple of groups, I think in your group too, was about the analogy about riding the bike. You know, when you learn to ride a bike, you stumble, you know, you wobbly at first, you probably fall and scrape your knee a few times. You know, but you keep getting back on the bike. You get back on the bike and eventually you can ride. You're doing great. You start popping wheelies like you're an expert uh, or not. Maybe not an expert, expert, but you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, please. Wear your helmet. So it's like that's kind of the that's how this work. I'm going to say work because it is work. How this work can feel It's like you're learning to ride that bike, but you got to get on it in the first place. And like eventually, yeah, you're going to stumble. You're going to say the wrong things. You might unintentionally hurt someone's feelings or someone might call you out. You know, we're in call out culture and cancel culture. Like you say the wrong thing and it's like you're done. Right. So it can be scary. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to be the one that's like, okay, I'm, I'm blocking, unfriending. You're canceled because you like stumbled on a word or two or said the wrong thing in the wrong or the right thing in the wrong way. But you have to just try. You're like, this is not going to go away. It's not. So you have to just get on the bike, step into the ring and and get your boxing gloves on. Because like you said, it it is not going to be easy for the people, like you said, that are trying to wake up themselves and then also pass that awakeness and awareness and consciousness on to their family, husbands or kids or whatever. Like, it's not, it's it's hard. Parents, you know, uncles, aunts, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not easy. But I agree with you that I know 
in my heart. I have no doubt that women are the ones that are going to change the world. 100%. <laughs> they are. Okay. They are the ones that are nurturing. They are the ones that are educating. They are the ones that have the power to yeah. change, to really change how this is. You know, I really believe that. And that's why I, I really want to see more women in politics because mm-hmm. that, you know, that's our vehicle for change. That's where the laws get passed. That's where all the amendments and all the things, you know, that affect what we're dealing with. That's where they start. So mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, get out there and vote. <laughs> we got to yeah. vote, you know, and I know a lot of people think it doesn't matter. It does. And yeah. I do, like you said, have so much hope for the next generation. I mean, Madison is so disturbed <laughs> that she won't be 18 until February. Oh my God. And so that means she can't vote in November yet. She's yeah. like, why? It's only a few months. <laughs> she's oh like, why God. couldn't I have been born in 2002? Like, she, <laughs> she's that, so funny, but like, she cares. You know, she pays yeah. attention and she's only 17. And I'm like, when I was 17, I don't think, I mean, I know I voted when I turned 18, but. I know I didn't have that level of interest in politics at that age. And even when I went to vote, I think I just was like, mom, who are you voting for? All right, cool. You know, like it wasn't, I was like, I'm going to do it because I need to do it. Right. Because I always think if anyone died for me to be able to do this, then I don't have a choice. I'm doing it. Right. And so not just as a woman, but as a black woman, so many people fought for me to be able to vote. So there's no question that I'm going to do it. In the beginning, I just wasn't as educated about it. I didn't really like pay attention to it. So, but this generation, oh, they're in it. Like they know who's who, what's what, and they're very much trying to be a part of the process and a part of the change. So I have a lot of hope for that. Yeah, I do too. And I'm going to call myself out because I didn't vote. Um, I can't like in the most recent one that was like, I think Tuesday of this week, I actually went and voted because my dad checked me and he's like, I fought in wars for your ability to vote. Cause I didn't vote back in. I don't even remember. It was like, and I don't even know what it was for, but that's the thing is like with my learning differences, I, I have been, uh, been unable to understand politics I never really gave any interest to, and I don't like having like the extremes. It's just when it comes yeah. to like religion and, but whatever. So I did with my dad saying that it, it made an impact with me because I was like, God, like it is, it's, you know, it's kind of, Hey, thanks for your service, but it's not enough to get me to learn a thing or two, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's The system, the system is not great, but it's like, I'm not going to continue to just avoid it because it is broken. And like what you said with the women being the ones that change the world, I believe that a hundred percent, especially like the moms, like if you, like if you've been through childbirth, like you understand being sometimes literally broken in half, torn apart to birth something beautiful and with women, you know, women who aren't moms, like we just were used to, we're used to adversity and maybe playing by the rules or sitting down and shutting up. And I'm like, no, we're, that's done. We're done. Like Mm -hmm. we need to channel that, that entitlement that maybe other people feel like, oh, I can go into this room and do whatever I want. Women Mm -hmm. that too, like, Hey, time's up. 
Time's up, yeah. Bobo. Like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Time's up. Yeah. Time is and, up. Um, like, I, I found my voice and guess what? I'm going to use it. And if you got yeah. a problem with that, click on follow. Or, but that's the thing is it's always been for women. Whenever women are in a, in a visible setting, men go for like, oh, she's unattractive or, oh, she probably smells yeah. or I bet you she was a hoe back in the day or whatever. Like it's always something mm-hmm. sexual or it's physical or, you know, I think you have to get to that point where you're just like, it's going to happen. They're going to come for me. But you know what? Like if I can just help enough people. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode about confidence. Cause if we can just all have the confidence of a white man, a mediocre white man, <laughs> we would be running things long yeah. time ago, you know? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I got that from. I saw that on the internet somewhere. Like if we could all just be blessed with the confidence of a mediocre white man, <laughs> they just like, yeah. And I was like, dang, that's true. Like I had to really think about it. Like all of the mediocre white men that I know, like, yeah, they, they don't question themselves. They don't have, have any doubts or they just walk in like they own the place they say what they want do what they want like oh okay nose at the stoplight you don't you don't care it it is it's like they they're not feeling exposed or like vulnerable or you know they're just doing what they want and it's like okay well it's it's like anything like it is a muscle the confidence and like yeah you know, you just got to do it once and then, like, go home and, like, text your best friends and be like, oh, my God, I did this in a fucking song, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put the explicit one on this one. I feel like it's warranted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I don't have to edit out those two cuss words. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it is, uh, time's up. And, yeah. you know, so use that, use that muscle. But we'll, we'll get into that deeper. That definitely needs to be an episode where we're just talking about mm-hmm. comedy. For sure. And so as you can tell, we could probably talk about this all day long, but we're going to go ahead and cut this episode here. Um, we have part two to this coming up, which is going to talk more about what we have been doing, like in our own personal growth, personal development, and like the work with ourselves, what tools we've been using to stay on a more positive note while all of this has been going on and, and just keep going on our goals, right? I mean, we didn't want to just, the world may have stopped, but we didn't want to stop along with it. So how do we like fight through to keep moving forward, launch new things, sign new clients, making money during a pandemic, you know, working with the kids and yeah, so check it out. And we're going to talk about what we've done in this past six months. And then we want to shed some light on the next six months, right? Like we still half of 2020 like the third quarter so let's let's get it popping yeah (laughs) okay thanks so much for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode leave us a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player for show notes and ways to connect with us go to www.honestconvospodcast.com 